0: Thank you for joining us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. I'm host Carrie Freeman, coming to you from Atlanta in May of 2020. Today we're going to be talking about efforts needed to protect big cats who are held in captivity throughout the USA, a timely topic in the wake of the popularity of the Tiger King show on Netflix, as well as legislation in Congress called the Big Cat Public Safety Act. To tell us about this is today's guest, Angela Grimes, the CEO of Born Free USA. Let me tell you a little bit about the organization and her. Born Free USA is a nonprofit advocacy organization, and their website says, We work tirelessly to ensure that all wild animals, whether living in captivity or in the wild, are treated with compassion and respect. We work across the world to preserve and protect wildlife in its natural habitat finding compassionate conservation solutions so that humans and wildlife can coexist peacefully. Born Free also operates the largest primate sanctuary in the U.S., located in South Texas. It provides a safe, permanent home to approximately 475 monkeys, many rescued from abuse in roadside zoos or as pets in private homes or retired from research labs. The organization's website is bornfreeusa.org, Their hashtag is Keep Wildlife in the Wild. I love that. Joining us is Angela Grimes, the organization's CEO. Angela joined Born Free USA in 2010 and first served as Director of Development and Operations. Prior to this, she was the Executive Director of Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation, a sanctuary and rescue center. And she also served as Chorus and Operations Manager for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Angela has volunteered on the boards of many nonprofits and currently serves on the National Board of Directors for EarthShare, which is a federation of leading environmental organizations. Angela graduated from Drake University with a degree in English. She's based in Chicago, where she shares her home with four rescued cats. Welcome, Angela.
1: Thank you, Carrie. And I will say the four rescued cats here in my home are all domesticated cats. (laughs) They are not
0: big cats. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you're stealing my thunder. That was my little joke to make. But yes, that's that's awesome. Yes, right. You're not sitting there with ligers, tigers, jaguars (laughs) in your Chicago condo. (laughs) That's right. That's good. Um, Well, since your wildlife organization Born Free started as an organization uh, because of a big cat rescue, can you briefly share that lion story, Elsa?
1: Yes, the Born Free, the global organization was inspired by the real life story of Elsa, who was an orphaned lioness cub in Kenya. She was raised by George and Joy Adamson, uh, conservationists, and eventually released back to the wild. The founders of Born Free, Virginia McKenna, Bill Travers, were the stars of the film based on uh, the, the story of Elsa and George and Joy Adamson's journey to, to rehabilitate her and get her back into the wild. And, and if you've ever if you have watched that movie yeah, and yeah. and if you've made it too you know close to the end and you weren't sobbing so hard, you would have heard the line "She was born free and she deserves to live free." Mm-hmm. And that is the really the inspiration behind the work that that we do. Now the the inspiration and the namesake of, of Born Free USA and our friends, you know, in the Born Free Foundation in the UK. So our as you had said in the introduction, our hashtag is keep wildlife in the wild. And we do believe that wild animals deserve to live in the wild free as nature intended.
0: I like that. And maybe that'll inspire some people to watch that uh, older movie if they if that's new to them, because that's really a classic and really important movie, Born Free. Well, lots of people are talking about big cats, especially tigers these days, because of the popular Netflix series Tiger King. What do you think of the show Tiger King?
1: The this show has received a lot of you know, uh, a lot of attention. I mean, you, a month ago, you, you know, looking at social media feeds, it was trending. It was the top of pretty much every topic and, and folks were speaking about it. Yeah. The problem with that was that the, the main topic of conversation was about the, the strange human male character <laughs> yes. and all of the crazy antics. And, and the focus was, was not on the animals who were really in the background. And what I and, and other members of the animal welfare community were particularly disturbed about was that the, the real issue, what we saw as something that needs highlighting, is the, you know, this, this industry of cub petting, photo ops, handling, feeding, and, and all that ensues after those tiny babies, uh, age out of that you know, that industry, which is just for profit and for entertainment, so yes. you know that that show has given given us an opportunity to to talk about the other side of it and and to talk about what 's really going on in that show, even if it isn 't what people are talking about at first value. I really encourage folks to kind of to open that conversation up and and think beyond you know, just what's right in front on the surface level.
0: Right. It it definitely, it is an opportunity. Like I was reticent to watch it at first because so many people, but then so many people were talking about it, like all the late night comedians and everything, especially back in April. And so I was like, well, okay, I'll have to give it a try. And I I watched a few episodes, but I honestly couldn't really handle any more than that. But it gave me enough of perspective to know that also they were, I felt like they were misrepresenting animal rights or they were, making the one animal rights character that they had, the human, the lady who is trying to protect cats, trying to make her seem kind of crazy, just like the guys that own the cats, but in a different way, like a false equivalency. And so that I didn't think was helpful for animal protection either. Well, sure. I mean,
1: the, you know, the whole point of a show like that, you know, with any entertainment industry is to, you know, to make the show popular, to get viewers and advertisers and all of that. But, you know, when you watch that, and if you only watched a couple of episodes, you probably saw that little tiny cub being pulled under a fence and away from his mother. And, and that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg of the kind of cruelty that goes on in an industry where, where big cats, whether tigers, lions, jaguars, others may be bred for, for these photo op and these cub petting opportunities. You know, it's, this is the, and it's not, it doesn't just end there. I mean, that, this is the root cause of a lot of the problems that we see regarding, you know, captive tigers and, and other big cats. I mean, the, you know, the cruelty begins at birth when they're torn away from mm-hmm. their mothers. And, you know, I mean, and this is the standard procedure when a place offers cub petting, you know, and their lives are dictated by their schedules, by the public's right. schedule. So, you know, if you think of cats and even my, you know, my my wonderful rescue cats here at home, they they spend most of their day sleeping, even as adults. So if you talk about the babies, they should be nursing, they should be playing with their brothers, their sisters, and they should be sleeping a great deal of the day. Instead, you know, they're they're passed around person to person, they're fed fed irregularly, their sleep Mm. is interrupted, you know, they're they're sometimes and uh, sometimes kept hungry so oh. that people can feed them and then fed with slow nipple flow so that more people are allowed to feed them. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I mean, and this is just horrible for these right. cubs who, you know, who are weeks and, and up to three to four months
0: old. And I think that people need to be thinking about that. Cause I think some people think, Oh, I love animals. Oh, I want to get a picture with this cute cat. But they're not really, and nobody's like punching the cat in the face, so you think, oh, there's no suffering involved. But really, like if you were at a real sanctuary, they wouldn't be passing animals around or doing things that interrupt the animals' lives just to make an opportunity for you for photos. So if anybody's doing that with animals, would you say that's kind of a red flag that that organization is not putting the animals first? Any
1: organization that is allowing the public to handle wildlife is, is not, well, first of all, not a legitimate sanctuary, but that organization, their focus is on profit. Their focus is not on the animal welfare. When the animals are a source of profit... There is, there is little consideration for what the animals need. It's for what the public needs and how they can, how they can make money. And it's not the animals' jobs to make money for us.
0: That's right. And, and what happens to the, like when the babies grow up and they get you know, more dangerous, obviously, they, and they shouldn't really be interacting with humans. Um, like a lot of times the show just hinted at this or we never really saw like when you, there's probably selling, the cats as they grow older, where do they end up? And like, does anybody know they're not going to be, you know, shot to death in some kind of canned hunt or like, they're never telling you what's happening, you know, once the babies grow up.
1: Absolutely. So the, the cubs who actually make it into these, these handling situations um, will grow out their or outgrow their usefulness at 12 weeks old. Uh, they, they then get funneled into the exotic pet trade, possibly sold to another disreputable exhibitor, mm-hmm. or they may uh, end up in the black market trade for their parts. Uh, and, and I want to back up when I said that the ones who make it yeah. into this industry, there's also an issue of the fact that these animals are inbred. And they are so highly bred that some of these cubs who, you know, who may be born with clubbed feet, crossed eyes, Mm -hmm. or other qualities that, you know, that may not make them, you know, attractive or desirable to paying customers, they can simply be killed be f- before, which wow. may or may not save them, you know, another three to four months of, of misery, however you look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the the cruelty really starts at birth and and goes on throughout their lifetime, however their lifetime evolves.
0: Right. And it, yeah. And then even it's for the ones who do end up not getting killed, then they have a life kind of b- behind bars or being exhibited or kind of used for entertainment purposes um, and just kind of languishing.
1: Yes, they can move on to other exhibitor, exhibitors. They can go into uh, these little roadside zoos, um, you know, or they, you know, as I said, they may, they may end up being killed for, for their parts. Uh, it's the, it's part of a funnel into the the pet trade, uh, which is a which is a known industry of itself, and this helps perpetuate it in, in some ways. Uh, buying and selling big cats is as easy as ordering some laundry soap on Amazon. Sales are conducted online. They're not, as you might think, on some dark web where you have to go in and, and have a password or really delve into it, but it's out in the open, just like any other retail product. You know, a few a few weeks ago I did a, a little Google search and my my ter- my terms were buy live tiger. Wow. And in just with those three very simple words. On the first page alone, I came up with uh, with at least three websites. And looking at those websites, I could find white tigers for sale in Louisiana. I found serval kittens in Tennessee, a lioness in North Carolina. And this was this was five minutes. This right. wasn't an extensive search.
0: So you could actually have an impulse buy. You could buy a. A living being a wild animal like this on an impulse on the internet That's you could bad. Yes. you absolutely could Without and any qualifications for good care or knowing how to take care of them and also i mean how could you really in, in that well, it, situation yeah
1: absolutely it can be easier to buy a big cat off the internet and put them in your garage or basement or backyard okay. then it it's easier to do that than adopt a domestic cat from a local animal shelter. I mean, I don't, I don't know where you are, but you know, here in Chicago, our local animal shelters, you need to visit the shelter with your whole family. You go through a screening process. You go through an education process on the internet. You can buy a baby tiger or lion by just handing over the money and, and she will show up on your door a few days later.
0: Right. They, they really are commodities. Well, if you're just joining us on Radio Free Georgia, this is In Tune to Nature. I'm co- host Carrie Freeman interviewing Angela Grimes, CEO at Born Free USA, a wildlife advocacy organization. Their website is bornfreeusa.org, hashtag keep wildlife in the wild. Angela, what are some actions that Born Free USA is proposing that would help big cats?
1: one of the actions and and it's a fairly significant one is the big cats and public safety act this is a federal bill that has very strong support in both houses of congress Great. Uh, there are there are more than 200 co-sponsors in the house alone Whoa. Um, yes yes this is this is not a partisan issue and and it is something that that there is there is agreement across the aisle that that this is this is a law that needs to change and and i and i would say that it is important that we enact a federal law uh the the states you know, you might say, well, why, why shouldn't states be able to regulate regulate this? And we have currently 19 states that ban keeping big cats as pets. The others have some regulation or no regulation. They may or may not require a permit. Uh, health certificates or or other sorts of things. So the, the patchwork of state laws is not doing the job to protect not just the animal welfare, because it's not about animal welfare, it's always also about public safety. I mean, we all remember the tragedy in Zanesville and Born Free USA's database of exotic animal incidents shows that people, children, are injured you know, by these animals who just aren't meant to be kept in captivity. So the Big Cats and Public Safety Act, uh, it was introduced into the House and the Senate in this Congress. Um, what it does is it amends the Lacey Act and it will, pre- it will prohibit the private possession of big cats. It also prohibits direct contact between the public and big cats. So what this does is get at the root cause of the proliferation of the problem of big cats in the united states so it's it's not a panacea it doesn't do everything it doesn't address all of the welfare issues but what it does is really gets at the root cause and will make a significant difference to public safety as well as welfare of animals
0: yeah that would be amazing to have that federal law against um... The owning of of those big cats, would that mean that only a verified sanctuary would be a place where they could live because of course there are some cats who exist in the world who can't go back into the wild, uh, but we don't want them being people's pets or in a um, like a zoo type situation?
1: Yes, so the uh, this bill does exempt class C exhibitors. So that includes all zoos who okay. are required to have that license. It also exempts sanctuaries such as born Free USA's primate sanctuary in Texas, as well as some universities, vets and, and grandfathers in current owners. So it's, uh, it's dealing with the problem, you know, from this point forward, it's not saying that, um, you know, it's it's not going to be turning big cats out on the street with no place right. to go. So you have it, you have sanctuaries who, who may be able to, you know, to take them on. But what it really does is make sure that these cats aren't being bred so that sanctuaries right. aren't, yeah. don't need to, you know, frankly, I, I,
0: we have limited
1: space to. and we'd be happy to not have any animals. We'd right. be happy to be out
0: of business. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, yeah they don't need to be bred like that um and just it in like a minute we have left does this link up with the wildlife trade or like is this law kind of separate from that or do you think it would have a positive effect on keeping um some of these animals from being killed for um their to trade in their body parts
1: it, it is certainly linked with the wildlife trade, which is also another very hot topic right now. Um, we have to address what is happening here in the United States. So when, when we are talking about the wildlife trade and when we are talking about conservation and working to support either with, with money or, or personnel resources, conservation of these animals in the wild, it hurts our diplomatic efforts to do that when we look at we have a problem right here in the united states right, so right. if it doesn't matter if you're talking about trading big cats if you're talking about pangolins or bats or the millions of birds or reptiles that are bred sold and imported and confiscated here in the united states this is all a part about a trade in animals for you know for profit for amusement and and it is all very much interconnected and it, and it relates also to disease. It relates yes. to public safety. I mean, there's, there, it, it's quite a web.
0: Right. Absolutely. Well, um, in wrapping up, Angela, if listeners are interested in getting involved with protecting big cats in captivity and keeping wild animals living freely in wild spaces, uh, briefly, what resources or actions would you recommend?
1: I would ask listeners to go to our website at bornfreeusa.org. There's a wonderful webinar that we hosted along with our friends at the Humane Society of the United States, Animal Welfare Institute, uh, Animal Defense, Animal Legal Defense Fund, and others about the Big Cats and Public Safety Act, and we have blogs and, and other information on our site. I would also ask, you know, to write your own representatives in the House and your senators to yeah. co-sponsor the Big Cats and Public Safety Act, and then just spread the word and talk right. to people about this, looking beyond what is the sensationalism, say, of Tiger King, and, and how is this really demonstrating to take that conversation a step further?
0: I, I like those ideas. That's really, and I'm really happy with the work that you're, you're doing with Born Free. And, and that's the end of our show. But I, I wanted to thank you, Angela, for being with us on Radio Free Georgia's In Tune to Nature program. We definitely appreciate the important work you do at Born Free USA to promote compassionate conservation and, as your hashtag says, to keep wildlife in the wild. So take care and keep up the great work.
1: Thank you, Carrie, and you as well.
0: And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to In Tune to Nature, broadcasting every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, online at wrfg.org, and on Atlanta radio station 89.3 FM. We post action items, news, and podcasts on the show's website, facebook.com slash In to Nature. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily, necessarily reflect those of Radio Free Georgia. I'm host Carrie Freeman. Take care of yourself and others, including other species. And please support independent, non-commercial media like Radio Free Georgia. Thank you.